0: This Advent season, I have been looking at light from the family Christmas tree as we've been considering the genealogy of the Lord Jesus Christ and lessons that we can learn from people that are included in that genealogy. In particular, we've been looking at some of the women that are included in the genealogy. This morning, our focus is upon Mary. In Matthew chapter 1, verse 16, you don't need to turn there, it reads, and Jacob the father of Joseph, the husband of Mary, of whom Jesus was born, who is called Christ. In particular this morning, we're gonna be focusing upon Mary's blessedness, blessedness. In some circles, Mary is often referred to as the blessed virgin Mary. Mary was truly blessed, It is a recurring word that appears uh, throughout our text of Mary's being blessed. But in what way was Mary blessed? In what did her blessedness consist? Or put it another way, how was Mary blessed? I think that's extremely important for us to understand this morning. For uh, It teaches us great lessons about how we consider blessedness and, in particular, the way in which we are blessed. So our theme this morning is, what can we learn about blessedness by studying the life of Mary? Wherein does Mary's blessedness consist? How is she married? We'll be looking at four aspects of Mary's blessedness in Luke chapter 1. I invite you to turn there with me, Luke chapter 1. That will be our text. Luke chapter one, I'm going to begin at verse 26. The first way in which Mary is blessed is she is blessed in being chosen by God to do a great work. She's blessed by being chosen by God to do a great work. In Luke chapter one, verses 26 through 28, it reads as follows. In the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God to a city of Galilee named Nazareth to a virgin betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David, and the virgin's name was Mary. And he came to her and said, Greetings, O favored one, the Lord is with you. As we look through this text this morning, I'm not going to be able to exegete this all uh, verse by verse and uh, all the minor points, but we're going to be highlighting uh, the. Aspect of a blessedness, of blessedness. And as we think about Mary's blessedness, we find out that this was no ordinary greeting. We know that from Mary's response. If you look at verse one, chapter 1, verse 29, it reads, But she was greatly troubled at the saying. The saying was, Greetings, O favored one, the Lord is with you. But she was greatly troubled at the saying. The first thing I wanna point out to you is that Mary was not troubled by the angel's presence. So often we read in the scripture that when angels appear, people are troubled, people are afraid. But we must make a distinction in our text from what is said earlier of Zechariah, for example. Zachariah is troubled by the angel's appearance in Luke chapter 1, verses 11 and 12. And there appeared to him an angel of the Lord standing at the right side of the altar of incense. And Zechariah was troubled when he saw him and fear fell upon him. So Zechariah is troubled when he sees the angel. We heard this morning already from Pastor Cruz that shepherds were afraid when they encountered the angels and the great glory that shone round about them. But Mary is not troubled by the angel's appearance. She's troubled by what the angel has to say. If you look at verse 29. But she was greatly troubled at the saying. At the saying. This greeting is what is troublesome to Mary.
1: Troubling. Unsettling. Unnerving. Put her at ill ease. She is
0: troubled in the sense that she does not understand it. If you look at verse 29, it reads, uh, she was troubled. The NES says that she was perplexed. She was perplexed. She's trying to figure out what it means. What is the significance of of this greeting? For if you look at verse 29, it says in the latter half, and tried to discern... What sort of greeting this might be? Luke 129, NES says, pondering what kind of situation this mean. She's, she's asking herself the question, what does this mean? What's the significance? Why am I greeted with these words?
1: Greetings, O favored one, the
0: Lord is with you. So we ask the question, well, what does it mean? Well, in Luke 128, When it reads, Greetings, O favored one, the Lord is with you. The word favored here means to be blessed. It can be translated highly favored, as it is in the King James, or even the aspect of being chosen. The Lord had looked favorably upon Mary and selected her to do something that was unique, and God would help her with that task is found in the words that he will be with you. He will be with you. There is a similar but Different statement made in verse 30. Where it says in verse 30, The angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. But it's a different word here. The word in verse 30, to be favored, is the common word for grace. You have received God's grace. Hence, the emphasis is not a reward for her righteousness, but rather, she is a recipient of God's grace, not a bestower of God's grace. We ask the question, what did God chose, had chosen her to do? What service to God was she to render? What is it that God was going to help her accomplish? The answer comes immediately in verse 31. She's going to have a child, namely Jesus. Luke one thirty-one. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you will call his name Jesus. Furthermore, we need to reflect upon this aspect of graciousness in the sense that Mary had not sought this blessing of God. In contrast, again, to Zechariah, when the angel came to Zechariah, the angel said to him, do not be afraid, Zechariah, for your prayer has been heard. Your prayer has been heard. After all these many years that Zechariah and Elizabeth could not have children, the angel says, now the time has come, your prayer is heard. God is going to answer that great longing in your heart. But in our text, Mary has not been seeking to have a child. She's not been praying for a child. She's not desiring a child at this point. This is God's doing. This is God's activity. This is God's purpose completely. This was a matter solely of God's sovereign grace and choosing. Then we have the role of the child in verse 32. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. And the Lord God will give to him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever. And of his kingdom there will be no end. Mary then asks a very valid question. She says to the angel in verse 34, how will this be since I'm a virgin?
1: How will this be? The explanation,
0: short answer, is it will be by God's power. Verse 35, the angel answered her, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High shall overshadow you. Again, there is so much there to unpack, but we'll just look at it very surfacely and say, it's going to be by God's power. That's how it's going to happen. God's going to bring it to pass. And now a sign is given to her for which she did not ask. This, too, was God's grace to Mary. For it says in verse 36, and behold, and behold. Think about this. Consider this. Reflect upon this, Mary. Behold, your relative Elizabeth in her old age also has conceived a son. Consider your
1: cousin Mary. Uh,
0: Mary, consider your cousin Elizabeth. She's going to have a child. Consider the fact that She's going to have a child despite the fact that she has past her childbearing years. She's old in age, and she is conceived. But now consider this, Elizabeth uh, Mary, that Elizabeth is going to have a son when she could not have a child during her childbearing years. Where it says in the end of verse 36, who was called barren. It's called barren. It's not just that she's old. But in all her childbearing years... and. All the efforts, all the times that she had tried to get pregnant, she couldn't get pregnant. Now she's passed those childbearing years. Now there's little hope. But now this barren woman has a child. Think about that, the angel says to Mary. What changed? How can this be? How did that come to pass. And then there's the concluding explanation, verse 37, for nothing will be impossible with God. Nothing will be impossible with God. God can do anything. God who's the creator of the heavens and earth, God who formed this earth out of nothing, this God who breathed life into Adam, this God can bring it to pass. And Mary accepts believes what God has to say. In verse 39, Mary said, Behold, I am the servant of the Lord. Let it be to me according to your word. (coughs) And the angel departed from her. So Mary is blessed in what she is called to do. Secondly, Mary is blessed in carrying the Christ child. I think that's what we most often associate with Mary's blessing. She's blessed in carrying the Christ child. Picking up the story at verse 39. In those days, Mary arose and went with haste into the hill country to a town in Judah. And she entered the house of Zechariah and greeted Elizabeth. And when Elizabeth heard the greeting of Mary, the baby leaped in her womb, and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. And she claimed with a loud voice, Blessed are you among women, and blessed is the fruit of your womb. Again, Mary is blessed. Mary is already blessed of God. Not that she will be blessed. For it says in verse 32, blessed are you, present tense. Now you are blessed. Mary is blessed in being pregnant. This would be the first confirmation that Mary has that she is pregnant. This is the first means, objectively, of of Mary knowing that what the angel said has come to pass. She would not have taken a pregnancy test. They didn't exist. She would not have been showing. She would not even know by her menstrual cycle. For she is still within her first month of pregnancy. How do you know that? Well, if you look at the timeline that the scripture gives for us, and uh, you know these little details become very important. How do we know this? Well, the Bible very purposefully lays out the timeline. You look with me back at verse 24. It reads, And after these days the wife Elizabeth conceived, and for five months she kept herself hidden. So Elizabeth conceived, and she hid herself for five months, saying, Thus the Lord has done for me in the days when he looked on me to take away my reproach among people. Verse 26, in the sixth month. So the sixth month in verse 26 is referring to Elizabeth's pregnancy. It's in the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy that the angel comes to speak to Mary. After the angel speaks to Mary, Mary immediately goes to see Elizabeth. Verse 39, In those days, Mary arose and went with haste into the hill country to a town in Judah. And she entered the house of Zechariah and greeted Elizabeth. Mary arrived when Elizabeth was still six months pregnant. The time frame of the angel appearing to Mary. For note the time reference in verse 56. And Mary remained with her about three months. So in the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, Mary is told that she is going to have a son. She immediately travels to Elizabeth's house, she's there for three months. Six months, three months, nine months. And then, verse 57, now the time came for Elizabeth to give birth, and she bore a son. So, at the end of those nine months, she has the child. So you do the math, and you find out that It's within the first month of Mary's pregnancy that she goes to see Zachariah. This is the first objective way in which Mary knows that she's pregnant. It's confirmed by Elizabeth. Next, I want to look at the degree of Mary's blessedness. How blessed is she? Well, according to verse 42, she exclaimed, that is Elizabeth, with a loud cry, blessed are you among women. Among women could be taken as a comparative more blessed are you than most women or it could be a superlative most blessed are you among women and I think that's probably the way it's to be understood. You're the most blessed woman. Children are a blessing of God. Every child is important. uh, We rejoice in a woman's pregnancy. She delights in giving a child but this child is truly unique. This child is different. And we find out in verse 42, and blessed is the fruit of your womb. The blessedness is that not only are you pregnant, but the child you are carrying is like no other. Like no other. Mary is specially blessed because of the child that she will bear. It's not simply that she's going to have a child, but who the child is. Mary is going to give birth to Elizabeth's Lord. You look at verse 43. And why is this granted to me that the mother of my Lord, my Lord, the Lord of Elizabeth, is the child that Mary is carrying? So Elizabeth counts it an honor to be in Mary's presence. Verse 43. Why is this granted to me? Why this privilege? But it's not simply that Mary came to meet Elizabeth, they're cousins. She knows her well. Now she is honored that Mary has come to her, but not simply because it's Mary who's come, but it's because of the child that Mary is carrying. That is why she is honored to be in her presence. So the emphasis is on the words, my Lord. Verse 43. And why is this granted to me that the mother of my Lord should come to me? We could ask the question: How does Elizabeth know that babe, the baby is the Lord? Well, the answer is that it comes through divine revelation. It tells us in verse 41 uh, that when Elizabeth heard the greeting of Mary, the babe leaped in her womb, and Elizabeth was filled with Holy Spirit. So she was filled with Holy Spirit, meaning that she was given understanding. Uh, she had been told much already uh, through uh, her husband and uh, the angel concerning her own son and what the significance would be. And we find out in verse 44 that the baby leaped in her womb. It says, For behold, when the sound of your greeting came to my ears, the baby in my womb leaped for joy. Again, a divine intervention. This is a work of God. Babies don't leap. Babies don't understand when they're still in the womb. But God intervened. This child leaps for joy, and Mary, excuse me, Elizabeth recognizes that the role of her child is to prepare the way of the Lord, and so she exclaims, "How blessed this event is! How blessed this event is!" God is amazingly at work in all of this. I'm kind of hurried, and now I want to slow down for the last two of these because I think they are the most significant. Thirdly. Mary is blessed in having believed God's word that she would have the Christ child. Mary is blessed in having believed God's word that she would have the Christ child. Look at verse 45. And blessed is she who believed. Blessed is she who believed. That's Elizabeth talking about Mary. Blessed is she who believed. The emphasis is on having believed, the one who believed. For Sarah, if you remember, when she heard that she was going to have a child, laughed. Laughed. When Mary hears that she's going to have a child, she believes. She believes. Mary believed all that the Lord told her by the angel would come to pass. Verse 45, Blessed is she who believed, believed what? That there would be a fulfillment of what was spoken to her from the Lord. That all that God said would come to pass. She believed that. It was going to be fulfilled. He did not doubt it. She said, Be it unto me.
1: I will be your servant.
0: Verse 38, Behold, I am the servant of the Lord. Let it be to me according to your word. But What I want to strike and drive home to you this morning is that believing is not the cause of her being blessed. Let me say that again. Believing is not the cause of her being blessed. Mary is not blessed because she believed. Believing is the result of her being blessed. She is blessed.
1: How? She believed. She believed.
0: What a blessing it is to have believed. That's the emphasis. That God had done a work in her heart. And as a result, she believed. We are given an example of Simon Peter in the New Testament. In the book of Matthew, chapter 16, Jesus asked a question of his disciples. He's, when Jesus came to the coast of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, saying, Who do men say that I am? And they said, Some say thou art John the Baptist, some Elijah, and others Jeremiah or one of the prophets. He said unto them, But who do you say that I am? And Simon Peter answered and said, Thou art the Christ the Son of the living God. And Jesus said, Blessed art thou, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood has not revealed that unto you, but God who is in heaven. Simon, you are blessed because you believe what these others don't believe. They say I'm John the Baptist, or they say I'm one of the prophets, but you say, well, I am the Christ, the Son of the living God. Blessed are you, Simon Barjona, Because flesh and blood did not reveal that to you. Blessed are you, Simon Barjona, Because it's not about what you heard. It's what God has done in your life. He has brought you to faith. And that is what's in our text. Blessed is the one who believed. Mary, God has done this incredible work in your life that you would believe. i unpack more of that later. But now that Mary has believed that she was going to have a child and she believed everything that had been told concerning the child, therefore she erupts in praise. In verse 46 and 47, Mary said, my soul magnifies the Lord and my spirit rejoices in God my Savior. Known as the magnificant, taken from the Latin for magnifying the Lord. Her belief results in praise. Rejoicing. As... Belief always does, even as we heard this morning that the shepherds rejoiced when they had seen and heard the things that were spoken to them by the angels. Charles Wesley and the great hymn, O for a thousand tongues to sing, my great Redeemer's praise. There's this desire that, that God would be honored and glorified when we believe. Without belief, there's no rejoicing. Without belief, there's no cause to rejoice.
1: Lastly, Mary is blessed
0: in realizing how blessed she really is. Now think about that for a moment. Mary is blessed in realizing how blessed she really is. Mary is blessed not only in understanding all that was said to her, but also in appreciating all that was said to her.
1: Luke
0: 1, For he has looked, ladies, this is part of the Magnificat, these are the words of Mary, and I know that we're jumping all around here, but verse 48, for he has looked on the humble estate of his servant, for behold, from now on, all generations shall call me blessed. Look at the first half of the verse first. God considered her in her lowly condition. Mary was a nobody who had done nothing. If you look at verse 48, he has looked on the humble estate of his servant. The humble estate. To look upon is to consider, to reflect. God had considered Mary. He has looked upon the humble estate. God had taken notice of Mary. He was well aware of who Mary was and all that Mary had been experiencing. He did not need anyone to research. He did not have to go to Gabriel and say, what you, can you tell me about this married girl? He knew. But not only is he aware of Mary's situation, God is compassionate towards her, and in extension, he's compassionate to us. He knows our miseries. He knows our condition. He knows the situations that we are in. He knew her poverty. He knew her hardships. That did not keep God from noticing her or using her. Now there is reason to pause, to consider, to think. When you encounter the word behold in the scriptures, and and it's given to us a lot, Let me just encourage you. When you read the word behold, that means stop, think, consider, reflect, (laughs) ponder for a moment what is going to be said next. Behold, don't miss it. When you read the word behold. Behold, don't miss it. Don't miss what? Verse 48. For he has looked on the humble estate of his servant. For behold... Think about this, from now on, from now on, let's just stop there for a moment, from now on, from this point, from now, at this very moment,
1: Mary is blessed, from now on, all generations are going to call me blessed, from this very moment. So we ask the question, how did Mary's
0: life change at that very moment? How did her condition change? God had looked upon her lowly estate. God had seen her in her her need.
1: And now she's blessed. What changed? She did not become wealthy as a result of Jesus' birth.
0: Because she was going to give birth to the Christ child did not mean that she would have the best of everything. She's still going to have no place in an inn. She is still going to give birth in a stable. The baby is still going to be lying in a manger, She's still going to be unable to afford a costly sacrifice. She's got to give the two pigeons when she comes to offer a sacrifice. Her outward conditions haven't changed. Her poverty hasn't changed. Her outward experiences haven't changed.
1: What changed? is that she is going to give birth
0: to the Lord Jesus.
1: What has changed is the work that God has done in her life.
0: From now on, she says, all generations will call me blessed. At this very moment, Mary is blessed. From now on, her life situation has changed for the better. From now on, from this time forward, and forevermore. For it says, all generations will call me blessed. Mary's blessing is a lasting blessing. Not momentarily, not fleeting, not even temporal. This is an enduring blessing. All generations will call me blessed. People down through the ages will consider Mary to be blessed. What is apparent to Mary will become apparent to others. Mary knew that she was a blessed. Elizabeth knew that she was blessed. And others will know that she is blessed. Hopefully this morning we know that Mary is blessed.
1: Now I've taken a long time to
0: set up really one point. One great takeaway from this passage. That is, wherein does Mary's blessedness consists. What what is it that is so blessed of Mary? Well, to get the proper perspective on this, there is an incredible passage that sheds great light on this particular question. Jesus himself provides us with the answer. He gives us the perspective that we are to have on Mary's blessedness. I invite you to turn with me to Luke chapter 11, and I ask you to turn there because I want you to see this in black and white, or if you have a device in whatever color it's in. Luke chapter 11. Jesus has been speaking to the crowd that's filled with believers and unbelievers alike. It's filled with Pharisees. It's filled with lawyers, people who are trying to trick Jesus. Jesus. And Jesus has been teaching the crowd. And as Jesus teaches, we have this: Luke eleven twenty-seven. 27. As he said these things, a woman in the crowd raised her voice and said to him, Blessed is the womb that bore you, and the breasts at which you nursed. Here's a fulfillment. Here's a fulfillment of what was just said. That here is in Mary's own generation, in Mary's own time period, here is a person who says, how blessed is that person who bore you? How wonderful it is to have been your mother and be able to breastfeed you. Jesus, that's an incredible thought. And that's usually what most people think about when they think about Mary's blessedness. She gave birth to Jesus. She raised him. She nurtured him. What a responsibility. What a duty. What a privilege. All of which is true. All of which we don't want to diminish. What a great blessing to be used of God in that way. To be entrusted with that kind of responsibility. But notice Jesus'
1: response. Let's focus
0: on what Jesus says, verse 28. But he said, blessed rather, blessed rather
1: are those who hear the word of God and keep
0: it. Those who hear the word of God and keep it. Jesus, in essence, is saying to this woman,
1: Lady, you don't know how blessed you are. You don't
0: realize how privileged you are to be able to stand and hear me preach and teach. Jesus is saying, Blessed are those who hear the word of God and who cherish it, verse 28. But he said, blessed are those who hear the word of God and keep it. The uh, King James translates it, keep it. The NAS translates it, observe it. The NIV translates it, obey it. This word includes all of those elements. But the primary emphasis of the word that is used here to keep is to guard. It's to protect. It's to cherish. It's to watch over. It's the very same word that's used in Luke concerning the shepherds who were keeping their wa- their flock by night. They were guarding them. They were watching over them. They were protecting them. They were important to him. Them. They were not going to lose their sheep. They were going to guard the sheep. In the context of Luke chapter 11, there are those that hear the word and then just let it fly away. They they don't act upon it, they don't guard it, they don't keep it. Jesus is saying how blessed is the one who not only hears the word, but, but keeps it, cherishes it, treasures it, believes it, reflects upon it, thinks about it. The person who truly believes.
1: There's a comparison that we want
0: to give attention to In verse 27. For Jesus' response to the blessedness of the one who bore and cursed him, uh, cared for him in verse 27. As he said these things, the woman in the crowd raised her voice and said to them, Blessed is the womb who bore you and the breast at which you nursed. But he makes a comparative statement, verse 28. But he said, Blessed rather, ESV. And he asks, on the contrary, blessed are those. King James, yea, rather. Yea, rather. Jesus is not denying Jesus that uh, Mary is blessed. But he said, there's a greater blessing. <laughs> there's something more wonderful than having given birth to me and nurturing me and feeding me by the mother's breast. What is greater is to have the word of God to have believed it, to receive it, and to guard it and cherish it. This is essential to our understanding of what blessedness is, and it's important for us to understand it in the life of Mary. So let me unpack it there first. Mary was blessed in giving birth to a
1: Savior. but mary was more blessed having believed in her child as her savior as her savior what a tragedy it would have been if mary would have given birth to a savior but it would not have been her savior if she
0: would not have believed Though the child is brought into the world, if she would have been lost, how how tragic it would have been. How wonderful it is that not only she gave birth, but she believed. And that was the grace of God.
1: And that was the goodness of God. And that was the favor of God. And that was her blessing. Luke chapter 1, verse 45, and blessed is she who believed.
0: Blessed is she who believed. This whole aspect of keeping and guarding and treasuring. In Luke chapter 2, verse 18, when the shepherds came that we heard about this morning, and and, uh, they came to the place where the baby was lying, and they told the words to all those that had gathered as to what the angels had said to them. We're told in Luke chapter two, verse eighteen and nineteen, and all who heard it wondered at those things that the shepherds told them. But Mary, but Mary, in contrast, not marvelled and wondered, but Mary treasured up all these things, pondering them in her heart. She kept them, she nursed them, she treasured them, she believed them, and she continued to reflect upon them. She understood what it meant. Jesus, uh, excuse me, Mary said in the Magnificat. Mary said, My soul magnifies the Lord, and my spirit rejoices in God, my Savior.
1: That was the cause of her rejoicing. My
0: Savior. My Savior. He has looked upon my low estate, and He has given me a Savior. In context, not from trial, not from poverty. From this time forward, she says, from this moment on, she's referring to the one who saved her soul. My soul rejoices in God, my Savior. How sad it would have been if Mary had given birth to the Savior but not had trusted Him as her Savior. And I say to you this morning how sad it is that a Savior has come into the world if we do not trust Him to be our Savior. If we fail to place our confidence and trust in Him, if we do believe what a cause of rejoicing we have, to realize our lowest state has been changed We belong to him. How blessed we are that not simply a Savior was born on Christmas, but our Savior was born. I ask you very pointedly this
1: morning, is that your faith? Is that what you believe? That a Savior was born. And more significantly, that your
0: Savior was born, that my Savior was born. That you have trusted in Jesus as your Savior. If you haven't, I encourage you this day that you seek the forgiveness of God. Ask that you be saved solely on the work of what the Lord Jesus Christ did in coming into this world, living a sinless life, dying on the cross for our sins, rising again. If you don't understand that, I'd love to talk to you after the church service. Call me during the week sometime. Let's get together. I'd love to explain that in much greater detail. Spend all the time it needs to a- answer your questions and to give you confidence in the work of the Lord Jesus. But well, I believe most people here this morning do know the Lord as their Savior. And this morning, I want you to go away rejoicing
1: and giving thanks and praise. And
0: I want you to realize how blessed you are if you believe blessed you are if you believe the grace that God has shown to us who believe it is no small thing that Mary believed that she was going to have a child, she asked the question how can this be seeing that I'm a virgin Mary knew that she had no sexual relationship with a man, she's told by God she's going to have a child she said how can that be, how can that be She asked a very legitimate,
1: normal question. The angel said, it's going to be done by the power of God. It's going to be by God's power. The power of the Holy Spirit will come upon you.
0: With God, nothing is impossible. And she believed that. She believed that she would have a child. I I say to you this morning,
1: if you believe that a
0: virgin conceived and bore a son and called his name Jesus, and he'd be the one who would save his people from their sins, you are incredibly blessed. You're incredibly blessed. For there are so many who don't believe that. There are so many people that are gathering in churches today,
1: that are singing carols, that are giving gifts, who do not personally believe in a virgin birth. I get it. I understand. That's pretty hard to believe, isn't it? So why do you believe it? And why do
0: I believe it? Because God has opened our eyes to understand that with God nothing is impossible.
1: You know, for me, the, the virgin
0: birth has never been a great leap. It's not the, the first miracle you encounter in the scriptures. It's not the first way that you, you consider who God is. When I reflect on the fact that, as I prayed this morning, that God created the heavens and the earth, He did so out of nothing. When I, when I think that, that God created Adam from the dust of the earth, when I think of who this God is and what he can do, it's not hard to believe that God causes a virgin to conceive.
1: But if God doesn't open our hearts and minds? If we're blind... And we simply say, well,
0: matter always existed. But here's a leap of faith, too, where science says matter cannot be created nor destroyed. That's a statement of eternality. Not created, not destroyed. you got two choices. Either matter always existed or God always existed makes a whole lot more sense to me that God always existed.
1: But it isn't because I'm bright. It isn't because I'm philosophical. It's because as a five-year-old little boy, with no understanding of the world or how things work, when I heard a message of who Jesus was, I believed it. Well, I didn't believe it because I was five years old in a simpleton. It's true. It's true. And how blessed we are. That we believe that it's true. And how blessed we are that it is true, for if
0: it weren't true, we'd be deceived. Elizabeth says to Mary, how blessed are you who believed that which
1: would be fulfilled. It came to pass. It came to pass. But Mary's blessedness
0: is the fact that she believed. More important, even, than the fact that she gave birth. But she believed in the one she gave birth to. I trust this morning that you believe in Lord Jesus Christ, the savior of those who put their faith and trust in him. Let us pray. Almighty God, we thank you this morning that so many of us are a blessed people. We're a graced people. We are a people who have experienced God's favor. For we have heard a message, a message that is incredible, but yet a message that by your grace we have believed. We thank you, O God, that salvation is yours from beginning to end. We are saved by faith. And it's a faith that you have produced in us. It's a gift of God. Thank you, not only for the gift of the Lord Jesus Christ, but thank you for the gift to believe in the Lord Jesus. Thank you for blessing us. And may we rejoice and may we tell others of your goodness in sending a Savior be our Savior. For
1: it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.